If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. But let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. Welcome to Our World with your host, Netboy and Doc. Today, we're going to have a special guest, and I'm going to let Netboy tell you the information about our special guest. Netboy, it's on you, my friend. Thanks, Doc. Today, we're going to discuss the LBGT community and see if there's a struggle for a gay man growing up in the black community. Um, please welcome our special guest. Ian Holly the Third. Thank you, guys. Nice to be here with you, Matt Boy and Doc. Nice to have you, Ian. Okay, I, I'm going to just ask a simple question here. Ian, yes, did you always know that you were gay? Yeah, from the uh, moment I could identify with what sex was, I knew that I was gay. Like, it wasn't a doubt in my mind. Pretty much, I, I want to say junior high school, when I could fully identify what sex was and I knew how it was consensual between two people, uh, preferably adults, because, you know, some people out there. I've always known since I was about 12, 13. It wasn't like one day I was like, oh, well, maybe I would like to have sex with a guy and see what it's like. It was always, I'm going to have sex with men because that's what I like. That's what turns me on in a way to say it. At 12 or 13, did you come out at that age or did you wait later on to come out? It, It took me 10 years to come out. One, I grew up in a family where my mom was very religious, and I grew up, I mean, I'm not, not trying to say I'm older, but at 12, back in like 2004 or 5, like the 2002, 2003, it, it wasn't as widely accepted as it is today. And I mean, back then they were fighting Prop 8, which was against all the uh, all the gays and lesbians. And you know, even on TV, there was like maybe one show that was about, that had gay people in it. And it was like on Showtime. It wasn't even, it wasn't mainstream. Everyone was cool with, you know, women being lesbians, but guys being gay, it just wasn't something that was a thing. And growing up in the black community, it's really one of those, we don't talk about it things, and it's really tough in the community, to be quite honest. Oh, wow. Hey, let me ask you a question, then, since you said it took you a while to come out, right? Now, when you did tell your, your mother or your parents, were they in total shock, or did they say, baby, we kind of always knew? My mother was in total shock. My mother was like, uh, it's a funny story. I told her through text message because I just kind of felt embarrassed about talking about it to her face to face. And even after I told her, we still didn't sit down and talk for like a week. She uh, was in total shock when I told her that I was gay. She was like, 
well, who helped you discover that you were gay? And I was like, um, it wasn't nobody who helped me discover. I just always knew. I, ironically enough, it was the first guy I'd ever dated made me come out to her because it was on a, it's either we're going to be open about this or we're not going to be together at all. And she just was completely thrown off by it. She had always thought I was a straight. I even perpetrated the idea because my mother growing up, and I love her to death, but she used to always say to me that she wasn't raising no fag. And being gay and having to hear that, it just, it demoralizes your ability to try to, you know, come out. And like I said, like in the early 2000s, it is not like it is now as like there, I didn't know about any like programs about, you know, to help you like come out to your parents and the few things in the media at that time in the early internet stages and in the early uh, TV when they were first going into that realm everything had just pointed to you come out as being gay your parents kick you out so as like a teenager it wasn't easy it wasn't easy for me to just come out and be like oh I'm gay because you hear stories you hear people's real life stories about how their parents turned on them and how their families don't want nothing to do with them and my family is kind of like my rock, so I, I couldn't see myself losing everything over something I really couldn't control, to be quite honest. Uh, during that time, like when you were 12 or 13, so your mom was the first person you told 10 years later, or was there someone else in your family or a confidant that you had during that time that you could let them know what was going on? I honestly told no one for 10 years. Um, in those 10 years, I dealt with feelings that I had, I dealt with actually like creating a online profile and talking to other guys and just um it was a, a friend i had he was about i met him when i was about 18. he was like 15 at the time he came out to his family and i just i didn't know like he did it so confidently and just kind of had this he doesn't really care idea about whether or not they accept it is just who he is and it kind of stuck with me but at the same time I, it wasn't one of those ways like I really don't have anywhere else to go, <laughs> so if this doesn't go well, I don't want to be homeless. And at that time, I wasn't like working or anything. I was like, I just finished high school, so it was one of those. I'm not going to test the waters. My mom was very heavily religious, like she still is at this point. Um, you know how those parents be posting all those amens on Facebook and everything. Yeah. That is my mom. <laughs> Type amen if. <laughs> if God can do this for you and not that I don't believe in God but it's just like you, you gotta you gotta take everything with a grain of salt you know how long do you think it took your mother to get on board I would say about a year and a half maybe two not until I turned about 25 and she not it's not easy for a parent to accept that a child is gay it's not it's also you know she grew up in church so a lot of our and I don't want to sound controversial, but a lot of our black communities, our black churches, they perpetrate that there's this homosexual demon inside of our <laughs> kids, inside of our families, and we have to get it out of them. And we have to, you know, we have to exercise the demon out of our out of our community. So is that the way, those, is, is that similar to what some of these religious, lead, religious leaders call like, uh, quote unquote, pray the gay away? Correct. And... Like right now, I am um, now that she's like on board, she doesn't question it anymore. I, I, I poke fun at her and I'm like, you know, you better pray longer hard that I get you a grandchild through natural causes. <laughs> like, 
And I was like, I joke with my friends, I'm like, the day I bring a girl home, my mother will have a heart attack. Like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, but it's like, you know, we're very comfortable now, but those first two years, man, it, it was it's kind of difficult. It, it's, it's difficult to navigate for both parties. And the best thing that happened is like my best friend that I met when I was working somewhere six years ago, he helped me navigate some of those channels. And it was like a way to express myself freely without being judged by family, you know? Ian, let me ask you a question. And I'm very happy that your relationship with your mother is golden again. You know, that's that you, you're only going to get one of those. But Correct. what about the relationships that you had as a young boy, you know, just on the block with your buddies? Were you able to maintain them as you moved on in life? Uh, you know, especially after people found out that you were you were in fact gay? I was able to maintain some of them, not all. My growing up uh, around 17 I was also, you know, trying to be the good religious boy. So I used to go to church with my mom. At one point, I used to be a deacon. Um, and I had a, a, a real close friend. He was, he was like my, he is my godbrother. And the moment I came out, and I'm, I mean, like six years of this kid being like, he was in my house. I was in his house. We was up late night. We drove to Jersey to get an engine for his car. We, I used to help him with his homework to get through high school. Like, we were that close. Like, I would be at his house until, like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning helping him type papers. The moment I came out, our whole entire dynamic changed. Like, we, we, I, won't, I don't see him that often. If he hits me up, it's like a computer question because of my profession. So it's never on a, oh, hey, how you doing? It, it's always on a, oh, hey, I need something based. And it's crazy because it's like this is someone who if you ask someone on the block where was i it was normally with him and now we don't see each other at all the whole dynamic of our friendship our relationship the whole brotherhood and family that we had completely goes away like even if i want to talk to him about someone i'm dating i can't even say that it's a guy i have to reference it as the person i'm seeing this came about once you came out, came out. appearing as gay or you told him earlier. Uh, no, I told everyone at the same time, honestly. Um, uh, it was like the same week. I, I did it verbally to my friends and my family all in the same day. Um, that I said it on social media. Uh, and this was, I was 23. So this was back in 2012. I guess just so the people could get an understanding of where you grew up at, you could tell them that you uh, basically grew up in Harlem. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I grew up in Harlem in Polo Grounds Towers in the PJs. And Polo uh, what I know from growing up in Harlem was notorious. <laughs> that's that's what I hear. My mom, she she made she did good by keeping me out of trouble. Like she kept me in books, she kept me engaged in computers. Uh, I was never a street kid. I was always a bookworm. So like I learned computers so fast that like by ten I was helping a computer teacher teach adults how to use computers. I was thinking about something uh, earlier today, and I was thinking about it being in the context of growing up in neighborhoods like, okay, because I couldn't predict where you grew up. I, I'm from Bed Stuy, <laughs> right? So nice. <laughs> we had. We had definitely guys that we thought were gay, but we mm -hmm. also had hardcore thug killers in the neighborhood who everybody knew were gay, and nobody mm -hmm. bothered them. And then we had some guys who were just so open that they didn't give a damn, so you couldn't bother them, you know? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure I grew up with guys who, who are probably gay, 
but never said it for whatever reason. Maybe they just wasn't comfortable with themselves. They wasn't comfortable of how uh, things were going to turn out for them. But we had other guys in the neighborhood who definitely, I mean, it was as open as could be. I was going to say, uh, say to Randolph's point, do you think it would be easier, it's easier for a kid now to come out or versus back in the day? No. I, me personally, speaking on the outside, I don't think, I don't think society has eased up. Not on men. Not on men. Not on men. I agree. Not on men. It's never going to be, I don't want to say it never. It's going to take, and I said this to a friend the other day, it's going to take a certain generation to, to die out and for the current millennial generation to make it acceptable. And I, I hate to say it like that, but it's it's really like uh, racism. It, it, it's like it, racism isn't going to go away until a certain generation stops instilling that hate in their kids. You have to wait for that generation to stop because a lot of people, like people aren't born racist. Racism is a taught mentality. The same thing about homosexuality, you know, because everyone loves to quote the Bible. Bible says this, the Bible says that. Um, Bible says a lot of things. Adultery. I mean, fornication is a sin. Like, <laughs> like if we really want to go down the list of what's a sin, I'm pretty sure we can count, like, you know, the con the the, the offenders constantly of a daily life of, you know, a sin. Drinking is a sin. Like, I mean, that doesn't stop us from having a drink, you know? And it's, I have my own personal issues with religion, but that's not what I care about today. <laughs> I'm just going to let that go, but yes. I have my um, own personal uh, issues with religion, too, and I'm not even religious, so. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're going to have that conversation offline. <laughs> uh, Doc, Doc is the, uh, uh, he studied religion, so. He might be more of an uh, expert in the topic than I am. <laughs> I have a little expertise, I would say. Uh, Ian, let me ask you a, a, a lightweight question on homosexuality. Are all gay jokes considered homophobic? You know, like they say, like, there's like 20% truth to any joke, but I, it depends. It's one of those things where you just have to know your audience. Netboy will tell you I'm a pretty lighthearted person i take nothing anyone says personally so a gay joke with me would not be a problem depending on how you deliver it and how you're like if we're cool like that like if i don't know you from a average joe in the street and you try to hit me with a gay joke because you may have seen me with my boyfriend i might be like oh that dude is kind of homophobic like that that's a little weird but if we know each other and you know you know you know me personally. Like, that would be, I, I can't say that every gay joke is homophobic. But you also have to, you know, respect everyone's opinion about it. And I think that's where some of my people go wrong, is that they just feel like no one can say anything about it. Like, people are going to talk about you regardless. Like, if it really is what's going to happen. doesn't matter what you do, what way that you do it, no matter how good you do, no matter how much good. Because let's not forget, our president was black for eight years and they caught that man everything out the book, no matter how good he, what he did. That is and, true. And you know, people are going to talk about you regardless of what you do. I can say so, for the fact that uh, I'm an equal opportunist when it comes to jokes. And he is. I made a couple <laughs> of, I made several jokes and I don't think Ian ever took offense to anything I said. We hung out in a multicultural for the multicultural group, I think I done talked about everyone's race and nothing was we, off we limits. Made, nothing was off limits, and I don't think he ever got offended at anything that I personally said. No, nah, I think we offended a couple of people, honestly. <laughs> Ian, how much did it hurt uh, if you were around, especially before coming out, and you had to either sit in church and hear a sermon, anti-gay sermon, or your buddies on the block 
actually talking about homosexual, you had to swallow that. How hard was, you know, was that for you? If you hard. even experienced um, it. No, uh, you know, you know how guys are. We make jokes all the time. Oh, I'm not done with that gay shit. You know, like, it was, it wasn't the easiest part of growing up. I mean, you know, my, my pop, after my mom and him split, my pops wasn't really an active role in my life. Like, he was there, but he wasn't there. And so there was a lot of navigating through this alone. And I think that's what made me strong now to deal with a lot of bullshit. But growing up, not having anyone and having to rely only on myself to know, like, you know, like, I'm, this is who I am. I can't, this is, I can't change it. Because I would love to have made my life 10 times easier to be a straight person. Like, if this was a choice, I, I didn't choose this. Like, this is just how I was born. This is what's who I am. And it, it was hard to be to be quite honest. It, it never was easy. It, it's never going to be easier. It's, it's just one of those things where it's, if you have to hide it, it really eats away at you until you, like, release it. It became a stress, actually. That's, that's it became kind of a... a that's what kind of, I didn't really understand people, what I try to explain to people is, no, I don't think in my mind, no guy is going to wake up and say, I'm going to choose to be gay. You're going to be ridiculed. I feel like, especially in the black community, you're going to, there's so much that comes along with it. I don't think anyone's going to wake up and say, I'm going to be gay today. Because when people say uh, being gay is a choice, it, it kind of makes me mad, and I'm not even gay, and uh, I don't understand how they could how they think that. Yeah, I think it's a commitment. It's like being white and say, oh, you know what, t t today I'm going to wake up and be black. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of exactly how I relate it. It's like, and I've learned, you can school, you can try to school people, but people who aren't willing to learn aren't going to do anything but argue you with you. And a, a couple of times now, I've been pulled into arguments, of course on Facebook, because you know, that's what everyone loves to be. That's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> the internet, the internet gangsters are out there, and you know I've been pulled into a couple of arguments about homosexuality. A couple of my friends were called homophobic, and then it's like, oh, this is my gay friend. I, I'm not homophobic. It's like, guy, that's the same thing like a racist person say, oh, this is my black friend. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> Don't do this to me right now. But, you know, it's, it's people are going to believe what they believe. Look at what happened with the election. People believed all the fake news in the world about Hillary Clinton. And now we have Donald Trump as a president who oh, yes. just makes a headline a day. Well, yeah, well, speaking all of four. Trump, his, his, his uh, vice president, Pence, who also uh, believed in some form of praying the gay away therapy. or conversion. Yeah, conversion therapy. So... Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, a, a treatment or praying to gay array can be done to change a person's sexuality? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> Great answer. I believe that that is psychotic and crazy. If you think that you can change, let me rephrase that. I think, one, it's an insult to the people who are gay. If you are gay and you want to change who you are because you don't like the treatment that you're receiving. You know, like, some people do it for a fact. And that I know is true because as of lately, being gay has become this cool thing. And if you want to, like the kids, if you want to be cool, you got you know, you got to do what all the cool kids are doing. But there are those, like myself, who just fell into this. But felt you... Like this is, this is just who I am. 
those I can't fads, change it. Those fads that you mentioned, don't you think that actually hurts the cause? It's, it's always hurting the cause. It, it, it's one of those things that I can't change. No matter what I do, there's going to be fads. Just, just like, uh, what did Kim Kardashian start doing recently? I don't know. I don't follow her life. But like this, when she tried to culture still, basically, I can't remember the word for it. Appro- culture appropriates the box braids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, girl, <laughs> people have been doing that for years. Calm down. Like, go have a seat. <laughs> you probably never been to a black household, you know, in the hood where they make box braids or a couple of uh, 71s ever been the 125. You know, you see the lady out there talking about hair braid mist. Hair braid, like, hair braid. Hair braid, you know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> so it, it's like one of those things that it hurts the community, but you can't, how do you stop it? You go into a school and tell a bunch of kids, no, you can't be, you, you can't have sex with who you want to have sex with because they really shouldn't be having sex with anybody at that age. I mean, but kids are going to be kids, right? True. Uh, you, let me so, ask like, you a question. Uh, do you uh, involve yourself with, like, the parades and stuff like that? Do you go? I went for the first time this previous this previous summer that just passed. If I'm not mistaken, that, the one in New York was the... Was it that the biggest one we've ever the had? The biggest one. In New York City? It was the biggest one we ever had last year. I have a, I have a very funny, well, to me it's a funny story. I, uh, about four or five years ago, I went uh, to Chelsea Piers. I didn't know it was the, mm-hmm. um, the LBGT parade or the Pride Parade, whatever the name of it is. So I'm coming oh. from Chelsea Piers. The parade is in full swing. <laughs> I'm stuck in the middle of the parade. Now, I'm not a bad-looking guy, so I got a couple of hey babies, and, you know, I don't really know how to react to stuff like that, but I'm figuring there's nine million people out here, so I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to be a, a complete dickhead. I'm going to say thank you and keep it moving, but <laughs> to be caught in it, and I'm not, for the first time, I'm a native New Yorker, I don't know how to walk so I can get myself away from the parade. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm lost. I'm lost on what 12th Avenue, and I'm like, how am I lost on 12th Avenue? I'm I'm that confused because I, it it just like bl- exploded right in front of me. I'm like, what is going on today? And I was like, you know what? All the chicks look yeah. kind of hard, and all the guys. You got your first taste of a cat call. <laughs> oh no, it was you, you know. I, I've been in, I've been in situations my whole life where I've been come on by guys, and see I have a big ego, so that just feeds my ego. So I never I never was offended. <laughs> that does not offend me. It's when people start saying I'm not attractive anymore, then I'll be a little offended by life, you know. But that'll be my fault. <laughs> you know, uh, actually, um, someone very close to me is a lesbian, but they don't like anything to do with the world. They just like to, you know, that's, that's who they are. And that's it. They're like, as far as like the LBG community and support groups and stuff like that, they say they try to avoid that at all costs. They find it too dramatic. You I know? think there's a lot of perception involved with why people don't want to get involved with the community. Um, people have their, within the community, there's discrimination against other people. It, 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 it's very crazy. There's for gay guys that don't like bisexual guys. There are gay guys that don't like transgendered guys or girls. Um, there's a lot of discrimination within the LGBT, and I think there's a Q also, community. And, what's, and it's um, an AI now too, right? 
I think so. That there is a, there's a lot of letters. Yeah. <laughs> but within the community in itself, there's a, there's a, a huge type of discrimination going on because, like, I know guys who are gay who won't date a guy that's bisexual, and I get it. But at the same time, it's, it's a form of discrimination. I get that everyone has a preference, but the way about you go explaining that preference, you know, it, that's what makes it discrimination. It's not that, like, it's, it's not that, it's the way you express yourself, honestly. And like your friend, I get it. There's a lot of expressive people who sometimes take it a little overboard for some normal people. I, I, I don't want to phrase it wrong, but it's like, you know, some people are just like, oh, I'm gay, that's it. And then there are some people who's like, hey, girl, how you doing? A little bit, you know, like every gay character on TV. <laughs> yeah, the stereotypical character. The stereotypical gay character who's like extra. And, you know, some people don't want to deal with that. And that's their right to do. It doesn't mean that it's right in the way that they express it, you know? Yeah, I always, I was always intrigued about why the voice what's with the voice i mean because some of the i mean it's just it's, it seems okay i understand two men loving each other i i totally get that i understand two women mm -hmm. loving each other but there's a super voice <laughs> and yeah you and Ian, you gotta know what i'm talking about it's a super super duper voice and i'm like is that voice really necessary? I mean, I don't know if it's a, a thing that's attractive to another guy or what it is, but... I, I, I can't explain that one for you. <laughs> I can't explain that. Like, the voice I have is the voice that, you know, I was given. I, Yours is I, mellow I in comparison. I need. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can speak deep if I need to, but it's like one of those. Yeah, this this is where I'm at. This is the uh, this is how deep it gets on a normal day. <laughs> I, I have a question, but I'm gonna explain why I'm asking this question. So, uh, the question is: uh, Do you feel the need to tell people you're gay when you meet them, or do you feel like it's not any it's not anyone's business and they find out when, when it's time? And the only reason I ask this is because. For people that don't know, me and Ian used to work together. I did not know Ian was gay. And the only way I found out that Ian was gay was because I I was working in the movie theater one time. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I invited Ian to come up to, to the movies. So when he picked up his tickets, I was the ticket ticket that day. And when he, when he came up, he had two tickets in his hand, but he was with a dude. So in my head, I guess <laughs> me being me is the way I think. I'm like, damn. Holding another man's ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so once he gave me both the tickets and I ripped them and he walked through the seat, I'm like, damn. I think I called my girl and I was like, He's on a I date. Think, I said, I think he's gay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we hung out before that and I had no idea. And, and yeah, no, you, you really didn't know. <laughs> you had no clue. Um, I don't even need. To um, tell people, I just—it's just something that naturally will come out when we have conversation. Because today, for example, there's a, a woman at my job who I was showing her, you know, what I did yesterday for my boyfriend and how I—I made—I put rose petals on the floor and I cooked steak and mashed potatoes and asparagus for Valentine's Day. And she was like, "Oh, you're gonna have to kick." All the women keep kicking them off of you. And the other female coworker who knew I was gay, she was like, um, not really. <laughs> um, 
She's like, really? She's like, yeah, you're like a mile away. Like, <laughs> so, like, I don't feel the need to tell anyone. I, at one point, I felt like I had to broadcast it. But at this point in my life, I'm, I'm really secure in who I am. And I'm just kind of like, I'm openly gay. I'm never going to lie about it. But I'm never going to just be like, oh, hey, I'm Ian. I'm gay. Nice to meet you. Because then a lot of people get that misconception that, hey, I'm hitting on you. And honey, child, I ain't never hitting on you, okay? <laughs> if anybody's going to do the hitting on you, you got to hit on me, okay? Like, <laughs> but yes, I was on a date that day, just in case, you know, to clarify. And you was, listen, my man, you... <laughs> <laughs> that boy used to hook me up. I think I had like six dates at that movie theater. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time he noticed, huh? Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a good hookup. That was a great hookup. Well, once the, I, once the first date happened, I was I was pretty sure. And I know some people yeah, going to say, damn, you kind of, that's kind of, uh, I, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, damn, I can't think of the word, but people are probably saying like, um, how can you think someone is gay by just handing by handing off tickets? True, true. But I, I never said I was <laughs> bringing a cousin or brother or a family member. I was just like, I'm bringing somebody with me. You yeah, know, no, I just feel like if, <laughs> if, 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 if it's not a date, you ain't holding that person's ticket. I know <laughs> when I purchase tickets, I give everybody they got their ticket. You take this ticket, unless I bought a date and I paid for the date, then I have the ticket to my hand. <laughs> Yeah, and, and most men don't sit on the same side of the table. You know what I mean? So there are there are certain things that are like, I guess, giveaways. Hey, let me ask you a question, Ian. This is this is a, this is a joke Jerry Seinfeld always says. He said that all men, all men, are just a secret, dark, dark room away from being homosexuals. You do believe that some men can be straight, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. I think one, sexual nature and, you know, alcohol and narcotics always, you know, lead down a path that you may not want to go down. <laughs> so, <laughs> then, I also, <laughs> <laughs> then I also believe that there are some people who want to experiment and don't like it when they find out that they like it more than what they like. Oh, wow. And I think... That honestly, the perception of what being gay means in this country is what hinders us as a people. Because they think because you're gay, you like all the gay colors, and you want to go dancing with the stars, and you want to go to like be a ballerina, you're like flamboyant. Dude, I drink beer, I watch football, basketball, baseball, I like UFC. I will fuck somebody up. I will, like, gay is just my sexual orientation. It has nothing to do with who I am. And that's the problem in our world, in our society. And take a look at the countries that, you know, they don't have these issues with homosexuality. And look at how the people are, you know, gay there. Why did it take us until 2015? to legalize gay marriage. Like, why did it take us so long to accept people's husbands and wives or to serve gay people in states where they're very uh, conservative and they are allowed to not serve you because of your sexual orientation? Like, that's a very deep. Or they restrict you from coming into the hospital bed because you're their husband, but you're, you're someone's husband and not their wife. Yeah, we, have, we got a lot of fixing to do. 
Yeah, we said on this show before that uh, you should be able to love whoever you want to love, and you should be able to marry whoever you want to get married. It ain't my business who you want to get married, and shit, I don't, I don't really care. But everybody should be supported, and, and everyone should be able to love whoever they want to love. I agree. Now, I will say one thing that I am fascinated by in the gay community, and it's, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> I don't even know the name of it, but I, all I know is it's those house of things. You know, like House of Chanel, and they do that damn dance. And not the voguing so much, it's that broken leg. When they fall to the floor with the broken leg, that is the most bad. (laughs) That shit drives me crazy. I I cannot believe that people do that. That is talent. I will admit that that is talent. Because anyone who can do that, I commend them because I sure as hell am not throwing myself to the floor. I don't want to fall on black ice, not alone on a hard floor where you're doing this intentionally. Nah, that is a lot of talent, to be quite honest. Man, you YouTube has got gazillion of those videos, and I can mm-hmm. watch that on a loop all day long, and I'm not even jiving. <laughs> and especially if it's a big, fat dude who doesn't look athletic and he can do it, I'll be like, damn! That's amazing. That is a talent and a skill. Not everyone can do that. <laughs> do you feel like uh, in 2017, right now, does the that the black community black community is embracing the LGBT community more or less? Hell no. They're still not embracing it. There are, what the black community needs to stop doing, and, and anyone who feels any differently, you out my name, so you know how to find me is they need to stop taking this Bible for verbatim. Something should tell you something. I mean, you should be alerted when there's a new version of the King James Bible every somewhat year. Why is there another new version? Why is there a revision? Why do words keep getting changed? Why were we allowed to learn to pray but not allowed to learn to read as slaves? Hmm. Doesn't that tell you something? We wasn't allowed, we were not allowed to learn to read, but... The white man allowed us to learn how to pray to God to help us as a people cope with the idea of slavery that one day everything is going to be okay. We are amazing people, African-Americans, black, I prefer myself, how we discriminate against said community because it really doesn't make sense. I never thought, I never really understood, and I, I haven't been fully aware my whole life, so I don't want to pretend to be that guy either. But what somebody does in their bedroom really has no effect on your personal life. You know, if it's Absolutely. too consenting or don't. The so same I, way we ignore the people on the train who come asking for a dollar, because pretty sure everyone at one point in their life did not have a dollar to give that person. It's the same way you can turn a blind eye to two men being in love with each other. Like, I do feel like uh, women get a better rap than guys do. Because guys are perverts. Yeah, that's men's egos, Ned. Men are fantasizing about being in the mix of that. The middle of, yeah, that's all they're fantasizing. And to be quite honest, they don't want you there. (laughs) They really don't. Like, they don't want, if they wanted a guy, they would have been with a guy. Like, it's the the same struggle that I deal with. Like, people are like, oh, you chose to be gay. Yes, I chose to be ridiculed, heckled harassed for the rest of my life over being with some hot Latina chick <laughs> that I could have had. Like, yes, this is what I chose for my life. I chose to be harassed on social media, harassed by friends and family who don't agree with it, 
I have to sit and look at someone who calls himself my family and says, oh, I don't believe in that gay shit, but you know, you my bro. Like, you you, you understand? Like, so even today, I, you still receive stuff like that from close family members or, or friends? A few. I have four family and friends who support me and back me, and then there are people who post stuff that, you know, makes you very weary and makes you raise the uh, eyebrow like, oh, you agree with this. Um, you don't believe those that? people? You just... Uh, keep the best no, no, no. Right? You see the old saying, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You don't, cause you see, you, I can see what you're saying without reacting. And that's where a lot of us go wrong. We, we're so quick to react without thinking. Because it's going to come a day and it's going to come a time when you're going to post something that they're going to need. And because I know of how you are and what you believe in, I'm just going to ignore you. I don't have to do anything to you. What I do believe in is karma. But you karma don't feel like allows negativity, negativity in your world is allowing negativity? Not at all, because I unfollow them. Just because I don't unfriend them, I mean, I don't unfollow them. Oh, okay. That unfollow button on Facebook is amazing. Ian, I, I will, a lot of people. I will say this to you. I appreciate you, and I appreciate all open people. I don't give a damn Thank if you. they L, B, G, T, or Q, because... The ones that are who stay in hiding too long, they cause damage. Okay, some of them wait till they have their fourth kid with a woman who adores them, who stayed with them for 25 then years. Then she, she's destroyed. The kids may be destroyed. Because I have no problem with a gay couple having children, naturally or, or medically adopting or any of that but it's when that person stays in hiding too long they do cause damage to innocence they do i agree this they cause damage to the woman and vice versa say 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 it's a woman who decides after 10 years the man loves her he loves her to death but she says you know what i'm leaving you for a woman now he's emotionally he's he's you know you want to take a guy's heart out man that's taking a man's heart out so it, it goes both ways. I'm not going to ever just blame the men. The women do it too. I just wish we come to a time where no 15, 16-year-old has to even make the decision that I have to go into hiding about who I really am inside. And I think we'll be a better world once we get over that. But I don't know if it'll ever happen in my lifetime. I hope I it does. It'll happen in mine. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say never because there were times when we didn't even think we'll see a black president. So people, I think over time, people tend to evolve. So I'm hoping within my lifetime, I see some form, some form of change. The funny, I'm hoping so too, but the, the funny, sad it's part is go, the people who preach the most against it, the people who are the nastiest towards it, are the ones who are the ones hiding. And they're the nasty ones. Exactly. I didn't want to bring up, because this guy just died, and we talked about him on our show a couple of weeks ago, but, for instance, uh, Bishop Teddy Long. Hey, ah, not Steve Teddy. Was, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, who did I say? You said Teddy. Sorry, Teddy Long. <laughs> we like Teddy Long. No, oh, no, no, sorry, Eddie Long, Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, right? it's Eddie. 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 <laughs> I got him confused with Teddy Long with WWE. Uh, Eddie Long, yes, Eddie Long. He was one of those big, I think, Baptist preachers that prayed again, way, prayed again, way. And then come to find out, he may have been molesting 
boys in his congregation. Yeah, that that that's a a thing amongst a lot of congregations. That that's a separate issue amongst <laughs> fixing in our churches. That's <laughs> a whole nother chapter. We have a lot of work to do in the black community, and the problem is we're tackling one issue while attacking the next issue. We're fighting a battle on maybe 15 fronts, and we're losing all of them. Yeah, we 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 have so many issues that it's uh it's sinful from the from color of skin, and I don't even think white people could even ever understand that battle. Just skin tone alone is a battle we fight. And this is why I think I wanted to get in here to discuss this and I also wanted to try to get a white person to compare if there's the same issues or struggles that a, a young black guy can have is it the same issues a white person goes through within their community I, I don't know if you've listened to uh, Solange's album no but I haven't heard Solange's there's, there's a one uh, interlude where they're talking about you know what white people have versus what black people have and I'm not saying that all white people are wealthy or you know they are the largest recipient of welfare. So, you know, <laughs> let's not pretend like everyone is rich, but there are more facilities available to assisting the white man than there are black. Whereas if you go to school and speak to a counselor and tell about this feeling, then there's a possibility that this counselor feels almighty and all righteous to call ACS because they think that you're being molested in your house because of their own personal beliefs. Yeah, I've heard people say, oh, you, uh, only for way you can be gay is if you were molested or something like that. Oh, my man, I, I had a female evangelist tell me that this is not the path that God has chosen for you, and we are going to turn this around in front of a church that my mother was in. Like, and my mother... How old were you at that went, time? 25! Oh. <laughs> I, I was taken aback because I just didn't understand where all this has come from, out of the blue, and my mother, you know, she straightened her out. Like, listen, my son is who he is. It's not changing. There's no praying it out of him. This is who he is. Like, so, but even at your age now, you would still go to church, even though those oh, nah. some people know? Nope. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. No. Some people are phony and fake, I and I just want to know why are we putting all this money into church, into the pastor's pockets? Like, I'm pastors rolling up in a BMW. I'm taking the bus or the train, so... Where's all this money going? Why is it keeping, like, the house on, the lights on in the church? Like, where is yeah, these tides? And... Those, those are the issues I have with the mega churches. Yeah, like... You want to know something funny about the church? I guess nobody, everybody in church, especially if it's Baptist or Pentecostal, they must all wear, like, uh, Stevie Wonder glasses because the choir director is usually screaming. <laughs> the choir director did... As a matter of fact, the choir director is a gay stereotype for the most part. He's almost yeah, like a stereotype. Yeah. If there's a black movie with a gay character, nine times out of it's ten in comedy, it's probably going to be the choir director. Choir director. Well, go to a real no, church. I... He's going to perform. It's uh, <laughs> it's a part of the job. No, I've, I've been to, I guess I used to be a deacon, so I would preach at multiple different churches. And there are quite a few of them just there, just everywhere. And it's like they're gay, know they're gay. It's not one of those like, oh, I think they're No, no, no. He is flamboyant is the yes. proper word. <laughs> yes, so very flamboyant. When you used to preach, did you feel like it was a conflict in your head? Or did you have like... Uh... I never preached on homosexuality oh. because I knew it would be a conflict with... Um, what people believed in and it was one of those things where it was just like I 
I cannot sit here and spew hate for something that I know I am. I will never do that. I've, I've sat through full sermons about ex exercising the homosexual demon out of our churches. Meanwhile, the pastor who's, who's delivering the sermon is, a, is gay as all outdoors and thinks nobody knows. Now, that's one thing I will say has advanced in the last 10, 15 years, especially in New York City. New York City has a, a lot of uh, gay-friendly churches without being... Yeah. Without it being just catering to just gay people, I mean, but there yeah, I agree. Uh, with why a not, doctrine is friendly. Why you can't? You should be able to go to church, pray to God, without someone preaching hate against you or your choices in life or who you are. Because I've had, I've heard horror stories about uh, people growing up gay in church. I heard people about uh, people having babies when they uh, out of wedlock and and being judged. I've heard of some crazy. It's like you go to church and it says uh, only God can judge you, but it's like you're being judged by everyone in the congregation. Mm -hmm. Or they never went to seminary because that's where you learn to judge. <laughs> I know we kept you a, a longer than we said that you would be on the show, so I'm very gracious. Doc, you have uh, questions left? No, you know, like I said, I just want to once again thank Ian. I'm going to thank you, Nett, for getting me in contact with Ian. This has been a pleasure, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. Before we end it, I have like two two more questions. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you actually wrap it up, and I'm going to sit back and just listen to this out, okay? All right. I just had a question about the, the social the social scene as far as like uh, parties and stuff, because I know women love the, single women love the frequent gay clubs. They do. But I heard that there's a huge difference between lesbian or lesbian parties and guy parties. Yes. Um, I've been to a lesbian bar once or twice, and it just feels like when you walk in as a gay guy, it's like everyone's just kind of looking at you like, what are you doing here? But it's like you go to a gay club, and I guess just because it says just gay and it doesn't specify like this is a, a men-only gay event, that you know, it's just like everyone goes in there. Um, funny story, one year for my friend's birthday, we took him to this gay club in the city and this guy in the club is hitting a guy in the gay club is hitting on my friend's homegirl like trying to get her number talking about can we link up and she's like you have to be kidding me we're in a gay club why would I give you my number <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not making this up um, my life is stranger than fiction, to be quite honest. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's a different dynamic. Like, when you go into a lesbian bar, not saying that they're not friendly, it's just that, you know, it's like when you're the only black person in a place that everyone is white. People just kind of look like, okay, do you know where you are? Are you lost? Get the sausage out. My final question that I have is, do you feel like there are any misconceptions about the LBGT community? Yes. <laughs> Not every gay person wants you. <laughs> Sometimes you're just wearing something nice and they're just commenting on it. Like, every gay guy does not want every straight guy. And then on top of that, if you're going to wear your jeans, your pants, your shorts, to the point where your ass is hanging out, you're damn straight I'm going to look at it. So <laughs> stop advertising if you don't want no one to watch. Like, um, other misconceptions, not all gay people are flamboyant. There are many gay people that I know who you would have no clue they were gay. Like, no clue whatsoever. And stop thinking that it's something that we chose. That's really the one that bothers me the most. 
that people could actually believe that someone would choose a life where they're hated for who they love. Mm. So like I always say, the way we end the show is we ask people to, um, first of all, thank you, Ian, for uh, joining us today and, and telling your story. And helping yes, you guys yes. for having me. Not a problem, man. You are a pleasure. And like we always thank tell you. people, um, if you enjoy the show, you can check us out on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at NetboyDoc. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Netboy Doc. Subscribe, comment, and share, people. Subscribe, comment, and share. So I guess that's um, all for today. And on behalf of Ian say, um, and, and Doc, I would say, as we always say, peace. Peace.